All right. Well, hey, welcome everybody to our November uh, 2020 meeting for the Google Educator Group of Ohio, GEG Ohio. Uh, this is a monthly meeting where we, usually monthly, uh, where we take a look at everything new in uh, G Suite. Although, hey, it's not G Suite anymore, is it? Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll take a look at everything new in G Suite from the last month or so, uh, share some googly tips and tricks, and answer questions related to using Google tools in school. Um, my name is Eric Kurtz, and I'm a technology integration specialist for the Stark Portage Area Computer Consortium, or SPARC for short. We're an information technology center serving schools in Northeast Ohio. Um, however, this meeting is open to anybody in Ohio or anybody outside of Ohio, internationally, <laughs> anywhere at all. Uh, as long as you have an interest in Google tools, you are welcome to be here. Uh, I am uh, joined, as always, by Stephanie. I'll let Stephanie introduce herself. Hey, everyone. Stephanie here. Um, I had such a fun time last time with our breakout rooms and discussion groups. I learned so much. Um, so I'm really excited for this month's meeting to go back to the updates and kind of the way that we normally do things. Um, but if you don't know me, I'm Stephanie Howe. I'm from Pickerington, Ohio. I'm an instructional technology coordinator. And in the chat, we would love to know you. So please include who you are, where you work, and maybe your Twitter so we can connect. And then we have one more guest hiding behind the scenes today. Darren, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, I'm not very good at hiding, so um, apologies about that. Uh, my name's Darren White, um, at Ranga the Trainer on Twitter. I'm a learning technologies lead, uh, Google certified educator, trainer, and uh, innovator of VIA20 from Essex in the UK. We are so happy to have you here today. Darren will be doing um, a section during show and tell where he'll be sharing some awesome things, but all throughout the meeting, uh, we've encouraged him to please just jump in and share at any point that anything catches his eye. So hopefully we'll hear uh, from Darren throughout the meeting, but also especially during the show and tell section. So a little bit of housekeeping, uh, all of the resources for today's meeting, everything that we're going to be talking about can be found in our editable Google Doc agenda. If you don't have access uh, to that, you can always get to it from our GEG Ohio website. That is at bit.ly slash GEG Ohio. So if you uh, need to pull up that uh, document still, please head over to the um, website at bit.ly slash GEG Ohio. From there, you can click on the link for the uh, monthly meetings. And then when you get to the monthly meetings page, you can scroll on down to the section where it has the um, schedule of our meetings. Here's our November 19th meeting. And if you look across there, you'll see a link to um, our agenda document. So if you're watching this recorded in the future, you can always get to that document that way. And for those that are um, here today, I will go ahead and throw this into the chat again, into the YouTube chat. My guess is you probably have it if you're watching live, but if not, I wanna make sure you can get to that document document. Uh, this is an editable document. So please feel free to add things to it. Uh, we've got several sections in here that you might want to throw some things in. For example, there's an upcoming events thing. If you know of any conferences or trainings or um, events that people should take advantage of, please throw those in there. Uh, we do have a section on what's new in G Suite for education. If there's something we missed, if there was a, a news item that, that slipped through um, our, our, our view, please go ahead and throw that in there. There's a Q&A section where you can add some questions or 
answers. If you're looking down through here and you see a question somebody has and you've got an expertise on that, you've got an idea, you've got an experience to share, please go ahead and do that. Go ahead and type in your answers as well. It's not just Stephanie and I and, and Darren who have uh, answers to things. The As we always say, the smartest person in the room is the room. It's all of us together. So please do uh, type in there. And then at the very bottom, we have a show and tell section. Uh, there's a spot where I share some things, Stephanie shares some things, and Darren will. But please do notice there's a spot for GEG community show and tell. We would love to hear from you guys. Is there some awesome new extension you came across? Is there a, a great blog post that you've written or that you've read recently that you want to share? Is there a neat project that you've been doing? Really anything that you want to share about how Google tools are being used in your schools, that would be a wonderful place to do that. So again, please do take advantage of that document and uh, uh, include anything you would like to in there. We'll also be monitoring the YouTube chat. So uh, Stephanie does a fantastic job. I don't know how she uh, does such great multitasking, but she's always on top of that. So please feel free to share things and questions in the YouTube chat as well. All right. Well, I think that's it as far as uh, some of the, uh, the basic housekeeping things to uh, get us going. So why don't we go ahead and jump right in to our agenda. And oh, I did notice uh, John Mansell Platel did join us as well in the Zoom uh, meeting. John is one of our co-leaders for GEG Ohio. Uh, so John, if you at any point also want to uh, introduce yourself and say hi, uh, we would love to uh, have you do that. I don't want to put you on the spot because I saw you just jumped in. In, but I just want to acknowledge that I saw you there and I would love to have you uh, jump in and share as well. So thanks for being with us, John. Awesome. All right. So as we start heading down through the agenda, we've already done some uh, welcome and introductions. Uh, we do want to mention, we always like to uh, mention this each month, some important links, uh, one being the sign-in form. So there is an attendance um, sign-in form that we ask people to fill out. And that is right under important links highlighted in green. If you'll give a click on that link, it'll open up a very simple Google form where we just need to have a little bit of inf information about yourself, um, your name, email address, where you're from, the date of the meeting, which is today's date, of course, uh, and whether or not this is the first time you've ever attended a uh, GEG Ohio meeting. Um, we do not um, do anything with the, uh, uh, the email address there as far as sharing with anybody else. I just use that to be able to send you a certificate of attendance. So by attending this meeting, I do generate a PDF certificate of attendance and I will send that out to you. I do report the numbers to Google as to, as to how many people attended the meeting and whether or not it was their first time, but I don't share anything else with them other than that but would encourage you to please fill that out if you uh, haven't done so uh, yet. Um, there's a couple other important links in there. Uh, we do have the podcast that Stephanie uh, puts out uh, through Anchor. And so if you haven't uh, uh, you know, subscribed to that yet, that's in the important links there as well. All right. And then let's see below there, we have our quick updates. Just a reminder that we do have a um, Google group, an email distribution group, a Google group that you can join. We currently have over um, 800 members, 884 the last time I checked. That is fantastic. So GEG Ohio has its own Google group and you can um, sign up to join that. There's some directions here on a couple of different ways you can subscribe to that group. It is a wonderful place for discussion. So in between when we're uh, in between our meetings, if you have a question, um, here's 884 people who are waiting to hear your question and hopefully give an answer to that. If you've got something to share, this is a wonderful place to do that as well. This has really taken off. I have been so happy to see how much activity and how much people are helping each other in the GEG Ohio 
bio uh, email group. So please do take advantage of that. All right. Well, hey, I think that brings us up to our upcoming events. Um, now, Stephanie, did you put the OETC information in there? Oops, I think you're muted. I am. Um, I'll go ahead and turn this over to you then for some upcoming events. So I put in the OETC. It just came out this week that they will be going virtual. I probably should have added more information on the line. Um, I was just quickly adding things. Um, but they will be virtual. And if you want to present, now is the time to put in for a session. And I believe presenters get in free. If not, and you don't want to present, I think it's $100 to attend this year. So it's a little bit cheaper than it has been in previous years. Um, and it's, again, going to all be virtual. I don't know what their plan is, what it's going to look like yet. Um, but I do know that they are working on a plan. And it will be from February 8th, it's going to be a whole week instead of three days. So we're used to three days where this is going to be a whole week long um, starting February 8th until February 12th. Well, fantastic. I guess probably nobody's surprised. You know, that's pretty much what's happening with all the conferences right now. Um, so it, it's not a surprise. It's a little sad. I'm going to miss <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the chance to see everybody, which is a, a wonderful thing we do every year, but that's okay. Hey, we're going to, we're going to make it work. And uh, that is true that they are, uh, the call for proposals is open right now. It looks like it goes through uh, December 13th. We want to get those session proposals submitted. So Please do that. Awesome. Thank you. And then I don't know, did you know anything about Neotech? I, that's up in my neck of the woods here. It looks like one of our attendees put that in. So Neotech um, is a conference that um, is up in my area and um, it looks like they'll be going virtual again um, this year or they'll be going virtual this year, um, which totally again makes sense. And so just a little note there to say, keep an eye out for information on that. All right. And then well, ISTE yeah. is also coming up soon if you are attending. Um, yeah. there, everything will be digital. I've been attending some of the per, like preparation for presenting, um, like for poster sessions. And it, right. it looks really cool. Um, they did kind of surprise me because I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do another virtual conference. Um, but I've been, uh, been attending their training sessions and it does look like it's going to be a really good conference. Yes, I'll be doing some uh sessions for ISTE as well. And I think I've got my, uh, uh, some of my train, I've got a, a training session tomorrow and Saturday <laughs> to learn how to do things. So I haven't had a chance to attend any of those yet, uh, but I do have those coming up. So, um, well, fantastic. Well, if anybody has anything else to add, which I do see, we do have some people uh, doing so. Please continue to do, do that. We appreciate that so much uh, to add those resources in there for upcoming events. And, you know, that's one of the benefits. I mean, as, as difficult as it's been uh, with everything going virtual, you know, the benefit is, yeah, well, now we really can connect with people a whole lot easier all over. If you were never able to attend ISTE in the past or couldn't, you know, get down to Columbus for OETC or whatever the case might be. Um, we have more opportunities than ever now to be able to connect with others. And so. in the chat, Toby um, said that he can help answer any questions about OETC. So if you do have any questions, Toby um, has so. offered to help. And I appreciate that Dan put his Twitter. Um, so if you do have any questions about any conferences, please add your Twitter if you put it down so people can ask you some more questions if they do have them. That is fantastic. All right. Thanks, Toby. And thanks, Dan. All right. Well, we'll uh, swing back around and take a look at some of those um, later on, if anything else 
fills in to uh, this area. It looks like there are still some things popping in there. But we're going to go ahead and move into the uh, bulk of our session, uh, the first main portion of it, which is what's new in G Suite. Uh, so what we try to do is keep an eye on new things that um, are getting announced, whether it's on Google's Twitter account or uh, through one of their blogs, or if we pick up something from like the trainer um, you know, email uh, group and uh, try to share those, try to list those things in here um, throughout the month. Now, we did have a different type of meeting last month, uh, which is why you'll see two months worth of content here this time. Uh, big thanks to Stephanie for organizing the town hall that we did last month, which was so much fun. That was really an awesome meeting. And I'd like to do that sort of thing more often. That was so neat to break people up into breakout rooms. And so don't be surprised if we try to figure out ways to incorporate that more in the future. Um, but what we've done is since the last time we had a traditional meeting, uh, that was the end of September, starting from then up until today, we have uh, any news items that we come across. Now, we can't go through everything here. There's just so much. So what we've done is highlighted in bold some of the things that kind of jumped out to us. Um, if there's something that we skip over that you guys are interested in, please let us know. You can throw a comment over in the side. Like I see Star threw a little comment over here uh, on this one. So yeah, feel free to uh, add a comment in there or let us know if there's something you'd like us to chat about that maybe uh, we didn't highlight. Uh, but we'll probably pretty much just go back and forth. I'll go ahead and and kick this off with the first um, example here. And then Stephanie and I will just ping pong back and forth uh, covering some of these uh, different uh, items. So the first thing um, that um, I don't have a date on this because I don't know when they initially announced it, but so I just threw it at the very top here um, was that Google Tour Builder. And we'll talk about Tour Creator uh, later here as well, because I know that shows up. But Tour Builder, um, which is a tool that I love a lot, um, it has been uh, announced that it will be shutting down next summer. So if you're not familiar with Tour Builder, that this is sort of its own, you know, a little tool here that's that's different than like Tour Creator, if you've used both of those. Tour Builder is the one where you basically are dropping pins on a map, and then you are creating a, um, a tour from location to location to location. Um, and along that tour, at each location, you can put in pictures and texts and videos. Um, and it's a great way to do like a lit trip where you take a book and you go visit all the locations that the book covers. Um, or it's a great way to uh, tell, tell a story of your own or do something autobiographical. Uh, so many awesome things you can do with Tour Builder. Well, um, it is being shut down and um, looks like it's going to be July 2021 when that finally finishes up. So a couple of things that um, I would say about Tour Builder. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm not surprised because Google Earth has replicated most everything that Tour Builder was doing. Um, Google Earth, um, about uh, sometime in the last year, added what they call projects. And so if you're in Google Earth, you can click on the projects button and that allows you to be able to build a tour in Google Earth that is very, very similar to what you can do in Tour Builder. Uh, so much so that um, they've now added 
into Tour Builder an option to export your tours over to that project um, builder. So for example, if I go to uh, my tours here and I just grab one of my example tours here, um, so here is, here's a tour that just jumps between a couple of different locations and each location has some, some content with it. Um, what I can do is I can go up to the top right hand corner and click on the little menu button there and export to earth is one of the options. And if you click on that, what it will do is it will in the background start building a Google Earth project version of the tour. And then you get an email that has a link to that. And then it basically, you know, converts it over into that project format. So, I, I mean, I, I love Tour Builder. It's got a special spot in my heart. I've done a lot of trainings on this tool. And I think it's just really intuitive and it's real simple to use. But yes, everything that it does, um, for the most part, has been replicated in Google Earth. So I wasn't surprised when I saw that that was something that it looked like was going to start um, changing, that uh, they were going to they're going to shut that down at some place at some point. I did see there's a webinar. Uh, coming up on December 9th um, at noon um, that is designed to talk about um, that transition. And uh, so Google has this um, organized here uh, about taking Tour Builder and how to convert any tours you've done over to Google Earth, but also focusing on how Google Earth itself now can be used um, to, to replicate what was happening in Tour Builder. So I don't know, um, Darren, Stephanie, John, anybody have anything you want to chime in on the Tour Builder thing? I know we've got Tour Creator coming up here later in the, in the agenda, but anything on Tour Builder? It was kind of sad because we used a lot of the tour builders with our um, literature and books. And we would take the kids on like a tour of different places throughout history or throughout their book that they're reading. But I think Google Earth um, has a lot of those features and it probably looks a little bit better for students. Yeah. And, and um, I took some time just to explore uh, and try it out when the projects feature showed up in Google Earth. Um and there's a little bit of a learning curve just because, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. I mean, Tour Builder just does one thing, you know, and so it's pretty, pretty straightforward when you when you're editing it. it it's pretty easy to use. Um, I would say it didn't take long, though, when I got in Google Earth to um, to get the knack for how the project builder works. And it does have the same features. You can put in, you know, pictures and videos and descriptions. It actually, though, has some extra things that I thought were really cool. And I did start converting some of my tours over just to teach myself. So I did it by hand uh, rather than using the tool they have here. I went in and built, you know, a tour I had step by step in Google Earth. I like they, for example, in Google Earth, they have the option to put in sort of what I would call a title slide, I guess, is what you would call it. So in addition to having all the different locations that you're visiting, you can have it pop up like a full screen, you know, slide where you can explain what the next, you know, portion of the tour is going to be, or you can have that at the beginning or throughout it. That was cool. I thought that was, that was neat to give a little bit more um, option there. So, and of course, I mean, it is in Google Earth, so you get the benefit of the 3D view, you know, so so just like, you know, you can fly into each of the locations like you could do with um, Tour Builder, but you're also getting really that ability to spin around, look at it from 3D. So in the end, yes, I think this makes sense. It's a, it's an improvement overall. Maybe it'll take a little bit more of, of, a, of a learning curve as we learn about it, but 
I think it is for the best. And I'm, I'm certainly not surprised by that. All right. Well, hey, Stephanie, what do we have here next? Um, some Google Meet stuff. Next up is Google Meet attendance reports. Um, if you have enterprise, so it is for enterprise users, which is that where you have to pay an additional price to use um, certain features. And one of these features is a lot of the Google Meet updates are enterprise. Um, so my school, we do have enterprise and I really love these attendance reports um, because I can be like, did that teacher receive the training or not? And I can go back and look to see who was on the Google Meet with me, how long they stayed on the Google Meet, what time they joined, what time they left. And then I can quickly email people if I needed to. Um, so I really do like this feature. A lot of my teachers that are teaching in our virtual um, learning academy right now really use this feature on a daily basis. Um, and they're able to tell which students have joined, if any parents or any admin have questions about it, they're able to kind of keep track to see the different data. And it is an email right after you end the Google Meet, if you have, I believe, five or more um, attendees. So you do have to have more people attending to, in order to get this report. And again, it's just an email. I think on the blog post, it kind of gives a sample of yeah. Like. Yes, you oh, get the is. yeah. You get an email message saying, you know, here's your um, information from you know that particular meeting, and there's the link then that you'll click, and it opens up that spreadsheet. And then it's just attached. Now, um, I have noticed sometimes it takes a little while for that email to come through. Um, I did some trainings recently, and. Um, there was a request to then send the spreadsheet to share the spreadsheet with uh, the, the administrators so they could see, you know, who all attended. And um, in the past, sometimes I finished a meeting and like, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes later, I'm getting the email. It was several hours. Um, it was at least four, maybe five hours later that the email finally came through. So I don't know if we're noticing a little bit of a delay. I don't know if it's the amount of people that are using it, that it's slowing things down with Google. But if you don't get that email right away, uh, I was starting to wonder, did I do something wrong? Because this has always worked and it just, it just took time. And then the email showed up and I got the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. And I do know for a little bit, they paused the rollout. Um, so I had teachers that were getting this attendance report and then all of a sudden it stopped and they're like, I need that. I was using that to track attendance. And um Google did pause it, but they brought it back. So right. should be good to go now. I haven't had the issue of it coming later. It usually comes within 15 minutes of me ending yeah, the Yeah, that's what I thought too. That um, was typically what it was. Yeah, but yeah. I have not seen that. Yeah, but uh, so if, if it does show up a little late, don't, don't panic. Now, again, as Stephanie mentioned, this is only for enterprise. Um, so I think there's a whole discussion to be had on what can you do if you don't have enterprise? Uh, you know, what are other options? And um, I don't know, um, Darren, Stephanie, John, anybody, are there things that you have said? Now, I've got enterprise as well where, where I work, um, but I know a lot of schools don't. Are there things you've been suggesting to people if they want to take attendance during a Google Meet and they can't use this option? We've been using Google Forms before this. Um, so a quick check-in, like social emotional check-in with kids. Um, there's a lot of those on a scale. I don't yeah. know if you've seen those with like the cat. <laughs> and it's right. like, which cat are you on a scale of one to nine? And it's just a quick, fun check-in, maybe a would you rather question. And then um, as a group, you can talk about it real quick to get that social emotional connection. And then you have a list of who's been there. And then maybe at the end, give another 
Google form just to see the timing if you wanted to see who was there at the beginning and end. Darren, do you have anything? Yeah, we've done very similar. We've used the um, question option in Google Classroom just to along the same lines, really, but to be able to use emojis and things like that, just so it's a little bit less like a mundane task for the students to just feel like they're, they're ticking attendance. And what, what I really like about the, the question feature within Google Classroom is if you go with kind of like a happy face, a, a kind of neutral face and a sad face, because you can sort answers by answer, you can directly go to those ones who maybe aren't feeling so good, filter it down to those and say, these are going to be the people I'm going to try and contact um, independently as a, as a priority because they're not having a good time of it at the moment. So I quite like that. Yeah. And then Avid just added, um, of course, we love Clay Smith here in Ohio. Um, big shout out to Clay. And he's created an extension and I've seen him work from morning to night trying to fix this extension to make it work as Google makes different updates. Um, so he does have an extension. I think, Avid, can you put that in the comment so people can click that link for to get his extension if they want to try that out? That's great. Yeah. And that is such, you know, it's such a difficult thing. I am so uh, appreciative of people who create extensions, but feel so bad for the moving target that they're trying to keep up with. I'm, you know, when in probably the, you know, the best known one would have been the, you know, Google meet grid view, you know, when that came out, everybody just rejoiced. But, you know, every couple of days it, it would be broken because Google makes a change and, of course, the extension has to be updated for it. So uh, that's awesome that Clay is doing so much to yeah. make that work. And then there were a couple of questions in the chat about um, attendance. Does attendance come in for breakout rooms? I, mm. I no. think it comes no. as a whole, but not like for your yeah. breakout room. And then I don't the believe so, yeah. Do turn gray. Um, if they're not like they left your breakout room or they were on the calendar invite and didn't show up, they are gray. So maybe you could take a screenshot. And then there was another question. Let me see if I can find it. Um, attendance reports only come if you have five or more people. And then um, there was one about, oh, where was it? Oh, does it come automatically? And we kind of talked about that. It should come right as, as soon as you end the Google Meet. However, um, Eric did kind of talk about some of his um, yeah. issues with it. So it should, but maybe just kind of look for it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to click anything. You just have to end the meeting. That's right. Awesome. Well, very good. Thanks for sharing those uh, ideas. I appreciate that. Uh, because I know we do have people that don't have enterprise and between forms and the classroom question uh, feature and Clay's extension. Sounds like we got some good options for people there. All right. Well, next up we have, let's see, uh, new features to help improve and analyze data in Google Sheets. Uh, if you are a Google Sheet user, um, there's, they're adding new things all the time to Google Sheets that rely upon artificial intelligence. And one of the new things that they've added is um, this option to do what they're calling cleanup suggestions. And so what you can do is you can click on, um, I believe it's, uh, is it data and then cleanup or tools and then cleanup. It is data, 
if you click data and then clean up suggestions, what will happen is Google's AI will look through your uh, spreadsheet and it'll look for things like inconsistent data. Like if you've got, you know, United Kingdom and UK, it's like, hey, do you just want to make these all the same? Or if you've got duplicate rows, or I did it, I tested out on one of my spreadsheets and found a bunch of white spaces. You know how sometimes people will they'll type in their name, they'll leave a white space at the end of their name. Well, sometimes that can mess up things if you're trying to then take that data and combine it together, you get extra spaces you didn't think you were going to have. And it can, you know, find, you know, um, extra trailing white spaces and can delete those for you. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And then it also does another feature in addition to the cleanup. Uh, Google Sheets now also has um, the uh, column stats. So if you click data and column stats, stats, you can click on a column, and then it will give you statistics on that specific column with graphs and, you know, uh, the frequency of the of all of the um, different amounts of data that are in that column. So pretty nifty stuff. If you're a Google Sheets user, might be able to help you clean up some of your data um, as needed. All right. All right. What's up next? Looks like we've got some, oh, Stephanie, you're muted again. Sorry. Man, I can't there get she this is. muted on mute. Um, so the next one is using question and answers and pools to kind of help with engagement. And this is also enterprise only. So we can talk about some maybe workarounds that you guys have and feel free to add to the chat and add to the agenda ideas because I know teachers are always looking for different ideas when looking at question and answers and pools to get their students back on track. Um, and how we kind of use this during um, the town hall, we had it open with the question and answers and the polls and question and answers really make it easier for you as a teacher to kind of um, look at the chat and separate the questions. Um, I know when I've done training sessions, you'll see like just comments and you're like, I don't like right now with the YouTube chat, I'm like, I don't know which ones are questions and what ones are just comments because there's so many different um, things coming in at all at once. And so with the Q&A, it kind of filters it. So you're able to filter it and you can click if you've answered the question or if you haven't answered it. And then you can filter quickly to know which questions you have answered and which ones you have not answered. And what's really great is at the end of the session, you get an email just like the attendance report. As soon as you hit in, it's automatic. And you'll be able to see which questions and if you've answered them or if you did not answer them. And then you also see who asked it. And the, with the polls, you also get a report with it, um, which is really nice. And you can see how the kids answered. In the meet, you will not see their names. It is after you hit end and it comes to your email with a spreadsheet of how they answered that poll. Um, some teachers I've heard, they would like templates. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that, Eric, like where you can click or preload your poll type of questions right. and then they're there instead of having to go in five minutes before and type them in. Um, and then they could reuse maybe a template of them. Um, so I love what uh, it looks like Nicole just put. She uses Google Forms, Class Kick, Mentimeter. Um, we use a lot of Pear Deck too. So great options. Keep adding ideas if you don't have enterprise. Yeah. Um, and so a couple of, a couple of things on that. Absolutely. Um, if you are not using enterprise, um, there are some, you know, good options for questions and answers as well as polls. I will go slightly out of order here just to mention down in the show and tell, 
I have linked in some videos I had done recently, and I did do a set of videos on uh, the Q&A feature and alternatives. Um, so I've been trying to do that as I've been making my instructional videos is, you know, like I did one of the breakout rooms and then breakout room alternatives, you know, and so in each case, it's like, well, if you have the tool, here's how it works. And so, you know, here's a six minute video on using Q&A. Uh, but if not, you know, what, what are some other ways you could do that? And so I think with the Q&A, um, I believe for that video, um, I, I talked about using things like um, Slido. I don't know if you've used mm-hmm. that website before. Um, that's, that's really good for receiving questions and being able to moderate them. I talked about using the Google Slides Q&A feature in conjunction with your Meet mm-hmm. because that also lets you receive questions. And then I also mentioned just using a Google document, <laughs> just a shared doc that people can type in, which, you know, we're doing right now. And I've used that for years as a Q&A feature inside of a, of, of a meeting. Um, and so um, if you do have enterprise, definitely feel free to check out these videos. If you're um, unsure about how to use the Q&A feature or example, the breakout rooms feature. Um, but if you don't have it, Here's an alternative on how a different way you could do breakout rooms and then three alternatives for q and I'll be doing similar sets for polling and attendance and all those things, just working on cranking those out. So there'll be more videos coming as well um, uh, along those lines. But that would give you a couple of other options if you're looking for some ways to address not having enterprise and wanting to take advantage of things like Q&A. And I'll just add in there as well, Eric. One of the, one of the things I really like about the slides q and I think it's often overlooked, um, is that because it's built within the slides, it becomes part of its own comment Q&A history. So every time you run that Q&A session with that slide deck, you get a different history of all of the questions that were asked and who asked them uh, and whether they were upvoted and so on. So that becomes part of your slide deck. So it's all in one place. And then you can go back and you can review what kind of questions came up over various different sessions, particularly if you're presenting to different audiences to see what kind of things people are saying. Yeah, and that is an important point to mention it. Yes, the, the Q&A feature in slides does keep a historical record, um, you know, of you know, each time you run it as a unique session. It, it does mm-hmm. have that. Um, Slido also does keep an, an archive of the um, of the questions. And of course, if you use Google Docs, you know, it's 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 going to be there as well. Uh, and I see we've got some good ideas as far as polls go as well. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mentimeter, ClassKick, Google Forms, um, Pear Deck. Yep. Um, and Slido does polls as well. So mm-hmm. all of those um, are good options if you don't have enterprise. Good stuff. I did use Q&A for something a little bit different the other day. So I will throw this out real quick. Um, so I was doing some trainings where it was like, mm, I think I was doing um, a training on advanced classroom and a training on advanced forms for assessments. And they were two separate sessions, but in both of them, it was one of those sessions where I don't know if you guys have ever done these kind of sessions where instead of it being a really, you know, 
a, a very structured, like, okay, we're going to start here and work through this stuff, like, you know, an introduction to classroom, you know, exactly pretty much what you're going to cover or an introduction to Google forms for assessments. You know, exactly what you're going to cover these advanced classes. It's more like, well, okay, here's 10 different things we could talk about in classroom, or here's, you know, eight different ways you could do advanced things with forms. What do you guys want to look at, you know, or I'll do that with my Google slides session on creative ways to use Google slides. Well, guys, here's seven fun projects. Which one do you care about? Well, I ended up using the Q&A for that. So instead of having the attendees use it to ask questions, I went in and I put in each of those topics as a question in the Q&A, knowing that people can upvote them. They can go in, you know, and, and vote, you know, for them. And so basically I just added, you know, each one of the topics as a separate question in the Q&A and just said, hey guys, just start clicking the thumbs up on the ones you care about. And that allowed me then to say, ah, it appears you really wanna learn how to add mathematical expressions to a Google form, or it looks like you really wanna learn about whatever. And that way it kind of percolated them up to the top. So I thought that was a fun way to use Q&A from a instructor point of view, rather than just thinking it's always gonna be the attendees who are submitting the questions. So. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, let's see. Um, oh, and I'm loving all these comments on the site. Thank you, everybody. And uh, a bit, Abed said we've got some new features from Slido. Oh, awesome. I need to check that out. Oh, thank you for putting that in there. I've really come to enjoy Slido quite a lot. Um, all right. Well, our next um, uh, item in the news is just a really quick one. I'll just spend a, a brief moment on this. And that is I'm always loving AI stuff. Anytime Google does something AI, I'm loving that. But I also love to try to find resources that help support the fine arts. Um, it seems like, you know, anytime I can find something that's music or art related, uh, the fine arts folks really appreciate that, that they're getting included <laughs> in those things. And so uh, tone transfer AI tool is a, um, is a, a neat tool that Google has put together where you can uh, record your voice or you can use pre-recorded um, music. And then what you can do is you can have it converted into a different um, instrument. So basically what I could do is I could come in if I wanted to and I could record my own voice. Um, I won't, I'll just go ahead and grab this one here. This is some acapella. That's not me singing. <laughs> and then what I can do is I can come over here and I can pick instruments that I want to convert that into. And so you can see anything that's been pre-recorded, or you can add your own and then you can convert it into these other things to hear what it would sound like. And it's all being done through artificial intelligence to say, well, if a, if a violin played what you just did, this is what it would sound like. So I thought that was really a neat uh, way to explore sound and how it might transfer um, between different um, methods of producing that sound. So if you're doing anything with music, it might be a fun one to check out and see um, how you can use that in your class. All right, what do we have up here that. next? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Shannon yeah. just said, there goes her afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what everyone will be doing after this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll think I'm going to try and convert pots and pans into some sexy saxophone. See what happens. Uh, well, who wouldn't, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have next? All right, so next is Google's announcing the new Google Workspace. And it, Avid left a comment over to the side um, about May Ju. She is the Google trainer owner, and she kind of runs that program. 
And she, he just said that on Twitter, she mentioned that right now, um, education will remain G suite, but business is going to this version. Um, so right now for education, we haven't heard a whole lot of the Google workspace. Um, but I think their goal here is just to kind of make things easier and less clicks is kind of how I think about it. When I looked at the video and kind of looked at the chat, like in Google chat, you're able to quickly add documents without having to go to Google Drive and open it. You can do it right into chat. So less clicks for our users, which we know three clicks and people are usually overwhelmed if it's more than that. Um, so just trying to keep it simple for people. And then also you're able to tag people in Google Docs and then their contact card would kind of show up if you hover over it. Um, so I kind of think of this as just more easier clicks. I know it got a lot of hate for the logos um, on Twitter, yeah. on the Google groups. Um, yes. I know it's really hard for littles and maybe students that do have disabilities of the Gmail, like, cause we used to be like, click the red, click the blue. Um, yes, yes, so, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a really good point, Stephanie. Um, I think, yeah, we're looking at a number of things here. So this whole Google workspace thing on one hand, it is a marketing change. They are wanting to use a new name to describe it because I, I mean, now keep in mind, a lot of us go further back because it wasn't always G Suite, right? It was mm -hmm. Google Apps. And so, I mean, for years it was Google Apps and I still catch myself saying Google Apps. When G Suite came out, I'm like, are you serious? I'm not going to call it G Suite. And of course, now instead of G Suite, they're wanting to refer to it as Google Workspace. But that's interesting to hear that the, the branding may not change for education, that we may keep it G Suite for education for now and not change that branding that the branding will be more for the business. But what we have gotten, no matter what, are things like some of the new features. Yep, like Stephanie mentioned, some of the new integrations uh, with being able to, you know, add a document right into chat, you know, right from there. But we've also gotten the new icons. And that is not a insignificant thing. I thought at first, oh, big deal. It's confusing. I, I, I thought this would mean nothing. Oh, no big deal. Okay, new icons, we get them. I really was struggling, having a hard time finding the Gmail tab or finding the, you know, the driving. So I did add one thing further down in. I know I'm going out of order again here, but since we're talking about it, might as well be the time to mention it. So I came across in my show and tell, you'll see an extension. It's, uh, it's an extension to restore the old Google icons on your Chrome tabs. Now it won't restore it like everywhere, but on your tabs, it will. And so I've installed this. And so basically if I, you know, have, you know, Google Calendar or Gmail or Meetup in the tab, instead of using those multicolor, which again, it's one thing when you're looking at them real big, when they're little teeny, like the, the little favicon up there in the top, that is hard to tell which tab is your Gmail tab and which tab is something else. So I installed this extension and it works like a charm. Now I've got my old Gmail icon back and calendar icon and meet icon. And yeah, especially think of the little of, of, of younger kids. I mean, it was hard for me. I mean, um, this could be something that could help folks um, to be able to find stuff. So I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not a fan of the new icons. I'm really not. <laughs> And I don't know about you guys, but during COVID, my vocabulary um, for troubleshooting had to change because teachers, I was like, right click. And they're like, what is that? And so I'm like, two fingers, one click, right click. 
And, you know, you just get used to saying, go to the red Gmail symbol, mm-hmm. you know, like you, like those oh. colors are really helpful when you're training people. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm having a difficult time with it too. Keep, oh. Keeps us on our toes, right? It does. <laughs> I must admit, I'm, I'm more of a, a shape person. So the Gmail change and the, and the drive change haven't affected me that much. But the meat and the calendar being very similar shapes is a little bit on the confusing yeah. side. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for now, it sounds like we can keep saying G Suite or Google Apps or GAF for those who like to say that. Um, there's so many interesting things. Uh, yeah, the, the, the newest thing has been for uh, for enterprise. We're referring to that as Giuseppe now. Mm-hmm. Uh, G Suite uh Edu- enterprise for, for, education, for education, Giuseppe. And we're like, well, if this changes to Google Workspace, what's that going to be? Dweffy? Dweffy. Yeah. <laughs> what's <laughs> like, what is going to be? How? Ah, I can't keep track of all these things. I think that's the main reason why it's not going to change yet. I think they quite like the Giuseppe name and don't like, want to lose it. Dweffy? I don't know. We don't like that. <laughs> So, but I mean, sorry. even if you're a Google level one certified educator level two, I mean, they changed all the badges, even for GEGs, our badges mm-hmm. are starting to change. Yeah. Um, so yeah. lots of changes <laughs> coming. So there are good things. We are getting some new features, better integrations, but for now, it looks like a little bit of a adjustment and hopefully maybe this extension can help some people to restore icons. It's helped me. It's made my, it's one less thing that I've had to struggle with. And so if that helps you, great. So, uh, all, right. all right, I guess back to me now. What's up next? Uh, breakout rooms. Um, so uh, yes, uh, we do now have breakout rooms. So I don't think that's a, a big uh, news item to anybody at this point. That's been over a month ago now, but uh, we do have breakout rooms just for enterprise. Um, we used those in our meeting last month and that went really well. Um, I've definitely been enjoying breakout rooms. Um, as a reminder, I do have my video, a five minute video on how to use breakout rooms. And then I go through a video that I did an alternative. Now, again, that's a I'm not saying it's perfect because when you do an alternative, well, it's an alternative. And I'm sure, you know, for everybody in this meeting, we could give us a different alternative and yours may be better than mine. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say that mine is the only way to do it. Uh, but I do talk through the idea of basically using nicknamed, uh, nicknamed uh, meetings um, for your breakout rooms and um, then using um, a tool to um, uh, assign the students to there to the breakout rooms. I mentioned in this one using something like the Flippity uh, random name picker because that will do groups. And then I do mention in this video an important extension because one of the things that's really tough with breakout rooms if you're not using the actual ones from Google Meet, if you're doing it yourself, is you would have to be you would have to be in each of those rooms. Your students can't join a Google Meet without you since you're not using the official breakout room. So basically you're gonna make, you know, five additional meets that the kids are gonna jump in, but you have to be in there too. The problem is that can get really distracting because you're gonna be hearing every breakout room. And so I came across an extension called Mute Tab. And what it does is it just mutes individual tabs. I mean, you say, well, Eric, you can already do that. You can just right click on the tab and say, no, what you can see is mute site, not mute tab. And that's a totally different thing. If you right click on a tab and say mute site, it mutes everything.
everything with that domain. So every meet tab gets muted, not just, you know, the ones you care about. Um, and so I did come across a Chrome extension and it is um, covered in that video called mute tab. And it lets you go in and just selectively mute the tabs that you need to and then unmute them as you need to. And so that's a nice way if you need to do a breakout room and you don't have the enterprise option, if you combine a couple of these ideas together and probably try your own as well, but at least this will give you a starting point. So definitely encourage you to check that out if that's something that you want to explore. Um, I don't know, do you guys have anything to share on breakout rooms, uh, something uh, to add to that discussion um, from your experience over the last month of using them? Um, oh, go ahead, Darren. I, was, I mean, I've, I've used them through work and through, um, the um, Google Certified Coaching Program as well. But we've also looked at um, the alternatives, like you mentioned, Eric. And uh, yeah, I 100% agree that Mute tab is, is a real lifesaver. I know during um, lockdown one, we were kind of playing around with different meets being open at one time for a lot of the global gig stuff. And uh, I found it really useful to be able to, to mute Steph whenever I needed to. So, um. <laughs> Love you too, Darren. Absolutely. Um yeah so our teachers have been using breakout rooms um what they really struggle with is not being able to see all the rooms that are going on and that they have to jump in between um so we've been trying to work through that and just talking about like maybe using a jam board and kind of looking over the work and seeing okay this group hasn't started yet so maybe i should jump in that room first um so just trying to figure out the organization of that kind of stuff and keep making sure every student is engaged and behaving in the room I don't know if anyone has any tips for that, but I would love that. You know, and that is interesting because that, you know, <laughs> that's the one thing that if you don't use enterprise, if you are using these alternative options, you have to, you know, be in every one of the rooms because the kids can't join without you being there. And so if you don't use the official one, then that problem goes away because you are literally in every single breakout room. But now you've of course got to juggle all of those, you know, and, and manage that. I did notice something though new, um, and I don't think it's, I, I don't, didn't remember, I, I must have missed an announcement about it or something. Um, did you guys notice the other day that there's a timer now in breakout rooms? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that wasn't there initially when it first launched. You can now set a timer for how long the breakout rooms last. And so you can say this will be a 10 minute breakout room, mm -hmm. and then it shuts them off after that. I did not uh, did not see an announcement about that. I must've missed it. I just was in there the other day. I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. Because people have been asking about that for a long time. Yeah, I don't think I've seen an announcement. No. So that would be good to see. And then I saw somebody mentioned, uh, Michael mentioned uh, liking the new call for help feature in the breakout rooms. I'm mm -hmm. not familiar with that. Do you I guys, have either. you guys use that? Mm -mm. So I guess no, if you're in a breakout one. room, you can now... There must be, so I don't know, uh, Michael had mentioned that in the chat, um, a call for help feature. So must I'm, I'm guessing that that means you can click on something if you need to get the teacher's attention and say, this breakout room is, is asking for help. Sweet. Right. It's getting, getting better all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Very nice. All right. Well, let's uh, keep on going. What's up next here, Stephanie? And just real quick, you cannot record breakout rooms. Um, no. I did see that comment in there. I just wanted everybody to be aware. And the next one is um, video playback options in Google Slides. And so um, on here, you, I like had, 
I mean, I even had this issue just like clicking, clicking, clicking to get the video to play. And now you just click and it should play automatically um, instead of just like trying to figure out how you need to click correctly. Cause I know I always struggled with it. And then finally I'd be like, just go to um, present because <laughs> I would get so frustrated with it. Um, but on here, you're able to just play and we can scroll down to the image and you can kind of see um, the videos on there and then you would be able to just be able to play it and there's yeah, and, the options and I did have some people get a little confused about this um, because it was it's not often that Google changes the default like they'll add a new feature and be like well you can do this now so in the past the default was this that if you embedded a video you had to click on the video to make it play so if you didn't click on the video, the video didn't play. That was the default when you added a video. Now the default is this. The video will play any time you click on the slide when you're presenting. So it's like if you're presenting the slideshow and you didn't want to play the video, like it was an optional video, but then you click to move forward to the next slide, it'll start playing the video because that's what it means now. And so this caught some people by surprise, like what, what's going on? I didn't click the video, it started playing. How do, I, how do I move forward? And so just heads up, you have all three of those options now in the formatting when you go in, when you click on the video and you go into the format options, all three of those are available to you. And you just might need to think through which is the one that makes the most sense for you. Does it play automatically when the slide loads? Does it play when you click anywhere on the slide or does it only play when you click on the video? So just to help avoid some confusion, good to know. Sweet. All right, what do we have next here? Um, the next one up, office editing mode is now the default editing mode for office files for Drive on the web. Um, in the past, if you had a um, Microsoft Office um, uh, file, like a Word doc or you know a PowerPoint, and you clicked on it in Google Drive, what would happen is when you would click on it, it would open up a preview. So you could just sort of see a quick preview of it. And then you had the option, if you wanted to, to open it up you know, through uh, docs, slide sheets, but open it up basically through the office compatibility tool. The only difference basically is now you don't get that middle step anymore. If you have a Word document and you click on it, you won't get a preview and then say, I want to open that up in the, you know, the uh, office compatibility docs editor. Instead, it's just going to open it straight up. The thing that's important to remember is it still, for example, a Microsoft Word document? It's not being converted. And you'll see next to the title, Doc X in the top corner there next to the title or PPTX for PowerPoint or whatever. It is not being converted into a actual Google document. It's still being saved in the Microsoft format, which is great. That's fantastic. Just be aware of that. And it might just, you know, you may not even realize that now because you're clicking on something and you're going right into the editing mode. Uh, if you still want to preview it, they said what you can do is you can right click on it and you can choose preview instead. But just you know, small little changes, but just good to know in case that catches somebody off guard. And now, now you know, and you can help them with it. All right, what's up next, Stephanie? Next up is um, replacing our background in Google Meets. So kind of like Darren right now where he's got London right behind him. Um, and you're able to replace your background, which can be really helpful for 
um, students. So maybe you're teaching something and you need your background to kind of be in that story or in that place that you're teaching about. And so then you could quickly go and change your background and you're in a different location. Or um, maybe we have students that might not feel comfortable sharing where they're at so they could turn this feature on and have their video camera on for you um, because they might not feel comfortable with the background in their own home. That makes a lot of sense. Have you heard some people complaining about not being able to get access to this though because of their computers? I think Chromebooks, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, um, oh, there's a link here. Um, if I go to their help page here, at the bottom of the help page on changing your background, there's a section that says, why don't I have the change background option? And I don't, they describe things that you need to have, but it seems so inconsistent. I see a lot of people posting in the forum saying, well, my Chromebook it works on. And somebody says, well, mine, it doesn't. And somebody else says, well, my regular Windows laptop isn't, isn't doing this. And then somebody else's is. Um, it seems like you have to have something with a reasonable amount of processor power, that it, it, it has to be a, a somewhat beefy computer to be able to handle the replacement of the background live like that. Mm. Have you guys noticed any issues with that? I've not had any issues personally, other than obviously we have had people saying that sometimes you get the option to choose your own background and sometimes you have to only choose from the preset ones. Um, but that is tends to be down to the account. So um, education accounts don't have the option to upload your own background, um, which is a real shame, I think. I wish they'd, uh, and I had this conversation with Avid the other day, I wish they'd um, allow that to be an option in the admin console and let you decide based on your OU whether people can or whether people can't. Because what I would love to be able to do is to be able to, for example, screenshot a slide deck that I wanted to teach use that as my background and then sort of have me in front of it pointing and demonstrating um that would be fantastic um so hopefully they'll listen to feedback and you know we might be able to to sort that out in the future that's a yeah, great I idea i love that um if we can go back up in the agenda real quick um yeah. michael just put in some screenshots for that call of help button and I just really quickly want to show them off because it it's kind of hidden it, I might have had it in Google Meet and just didn't know about it um he put a comment yep and so if you're looking on this Google uh, slide um he has mm -hmm. Mickey here and it's up here where it says ask for help so it's really small um I guess I wasn't thinking it would, it would be there so you might want to share this slide deck with your um, teachers with your students and then right here it says that um, breakout to oh. ask for help and you can join. So thank you so much for sharing those, Michael. Um, that's really helpful. Really I will cool. probably yeah, take really. your slide deck and steal this and share it with my teachers. <laughs> and that, that bar is also where the timer appears, isn't it? So just to the right of where it says in breakout two, for example, okay. that's where your countdown timer appears as well. So brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Very cool. All right, um, down to our last uh, set of updates here. Uh, looks like Google Meet is still the uh, most popular topic, uh, accepting knocks in bulk. I have not seen this yet. Um, as of yesterday, anyway, I had a meet with a bunch of people and I still didn't see it as of yesterday. Uh, but what's happening is we're getting the ability to, instead of seeing um, each 
requests come in one at a time as multiple people are asking to join a meeting. It'll list all of them and we can admit them you know, individually or we can admit them all at once. So that's nice because I feel sometimes like I, I'm missing people. I don't realize you know, who all is requesting. So looking forward to that. Uh, looks like it is rolling out. Uh, they mentioned starting on November 4th. Oddly enough, I oh, I haven't seen them. We're on a rapid release domain, and I still I haven't seen it yet. So it's hey, some it's rolling out. So it's. I it's wish coming. I would have had that for our town hall meeting because <laughs> I was trying to let people in, but you had to click individually. So that would have been really helpful. Yeah. Um, I know with parent teacher conferences or parent meetings, if you're having everybody join a meet, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like uh, Stephanie. Next up is uh, the workspace. Uh, uh, topic again, but this time on storage. So what do you know about that and what that relates to us as educators? Um, so right now they are changing some of their storage plans um, and they're going to start charging it for Google photos. I haven't like seen where it states education. I'm assuming we're going to be part of this. I don't know because I thought educators got the free storage with Google photos, but I I'm not sure if they're going to start charging once you get to um, the amount of, I think it's like 15 gigabytes, isn't it? On a, on a personal account, it's 15 gigabytes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what's gonna, what that's going to look like for education. At the moment, my fingers are crossed that it's not going to yeah. hit us but yeah they the the changes you're exactly right they've changed a couple things one is photos it used to be unlimited photos you could well unless you did like the original quality if you picked high quality that's fine you could have there's no limit to the photos but did you notice what else they also are going to start counting documents, sheets, mm-hmm. slides, drawings, forms, and Jamboard files towards storage. And they never had done that before. And I, I mean, I do get that. A slideshow can have, you know, dozens of pictures in it, I, you know, of course, but those never counted towards storage. And so those would start to count towards storage. Again, yeah. not retroactively, just anything after after June 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were also dropping the uh, amount of storage that was available to um and it depended. Every version of you know Google Workspace is different. If it's business versus this versus that, but they were saying most people weren't really using as much storage. Well, the one thing I'm holding on to is the fact that we've never had a storage cap. Well, I shouldn't say never. It's been quite a while since we've had a storage cap. And if you come down here to the area where they're talking about you know, how this is going to affect everybody. It says, check out the storage for your edition. Well, if we go to education editions, it still lists, which it has for a very long time, that our storage is unlimited. And so at the moment, you know, education, you know, has been unlimited and, you know, um, whether it's education for enterprise or not. So this is not, I don't want people to panic and be like, oh no, you know, I don't pay for enterprise. No, I mean, education has been unlimited and enterprise has been unlimited for education. I hope they don't change that because you, that's- I know, it's that's, ner- I, it makes me nervous. That makes and me nervous. I know with some of the changes, like with cutting um, tour creator and that kind of things, a lot of educators are kind of freaking out right now. Like what's yeah. going to happen with my Google photo storage and what's going to happen with um, yeah. now they're counting docs and, you know, jam boards and all that kind of stuff. Cause I know I'll be over 
because oh, I yeah. save everything. I'm a oh, hoarder. Yeah. I'm a digital hoarder. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be good for me. I mean, Darren and I were kind of talking about it and Darren's like, just delete all your untitled stuff. And I'm like, I don't have, like, I title everything. Um, <laughs> of course you do, Stephanie. <laughs> title, date, tags, everything. Yeah. And then yeah. Avid was like, just delete anything you haven't touched in two years. And I'm like, but what if I need it again? <laughs> like, I don't know. It makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah. At the moment, I'm cautiously optimistic that this is only applying to the business and personal accounts because they've said nothing in here about education yet. They're still mm -hmm. listing us as, as unlimited. So who knows, could be proven wrong, but I'm going to hope that we still have unlimited here as educators. All right. Oh, uh, what else do we have next? Oh, which you just mentioned. <laughs> so our next topic in uh, what's new is Google isn't just shutting down Tor Builder, they're shutting down Tor Creator as well, as well as Expeditions. Okay, so here, here's the thing. This one's a, this is the one that I'm strong, out of everything we've looked at here today, this is the one that I am disappointed in and frustrated on. I mean, uh, I can work around new icons and you know all that kind of stuff. I'm struggling with this one. Um, and I, I'm curious, you know, to hear you guys' take on all this as well. But basically, um, what's been said is, you know, hey, we're expanding Google Arts and Culture. Notice the headline doesn't say we're killing expeditions into our creator. <laughs> it's a very positive. No, no, no. No, we're expanding Google Arts and Culture. And so basically what they're saying is they're going to take the majority of the expeditions that have existed in the past that Google had created, and they're going to move them into Google Arts and Culture so that people can view them as virtual field trips in arts and culture. What's the difficulty with this is a couple of things. One is by saying that they're going to kill expeditions, there's a lot of schools out there that have invested a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of usage in expeditions. They have purchased Google Cardboard, they purchased the VR viewers, they purchased the devices to put in there and they are using expeditions and that is going to be shuttered. It's gonna go away. You're not gonna be able to use the expeditions app anymore. So leading an expedition won't be an option. But they also mention in here that you know the same thing is true for um, Google Tour uh, creator as well, um, which oh, I don't have the link directly to that, but for tour, if you go to the tour creator website, it says the same thing that tour creator is being shut down. Well, tour creator is the tool you use to make an expedition to build your own. It's not the same as tour builder. It's making 360 degree VR tours where you can take either street view, or you can take pictures you've taken with your own 360 camera, or you can just use your phone and use one of the millions of apps that let you spin in a circle and, you know, take a, a 360 photo. And you can build your own VR 360 tours that way. Um, and that is being shut down as well. And for me, I don't have the expeditions kit. We, I mean, we don't have that at the county office, but I'm, I feel for the schools who said, we just dropped tens of thousands of dollars on these and we've been training on this. I personally though, struggle with tour creator because to me, that's frustrating because it's a creativity tool. This is something where kids can build a 
tour that's a 360 tour and you can't replicate that in Google Earth. It's not the same. You there, you know, yes, Google Earth can do what Tour Builder does, but it can't do what Tour Creator does. That's different. That's that's a different tool. It's 360 uh, photospheres. It's um, narrated audio. It's ambient audio. It's all these cool things. Um, and you know, you, I, you hear sometimes people say, um, for example, they'll say. Uh, Google is awesome, but it's really just for productivity. If you want to be creative, you need to use Apple products, which, hey, that's wonderful. I have nothing against Apple products. Apple's, you know, awesome. But I, that mindset always bothered me, you know, said, no, 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 Google can be creative too. Well, here's an example of a creativity tool. And this is the kind of thing we need more of, not less of, you know, and, and that's, that I've been struggling with as to why, you know, Google is stepping away from that. So heads up, that's happening. Uh, Darren, Stephanie, what are your thoughts on that? I know, Darren, you've got some things to share as if that really does happen, that what mm -hmm. might help step in and give us an alternative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was talking with Louise Jones, who's a, a Google trainer and part of the ThingLink team um, this week. And she's actually a guest on my um, short and sweet show on Sunday on YouTube. Uh, where she's going to be taking us through some new features in ThinLink, which allow you, uh, well, has always allowed you to do 360 degrees photos and kind of explore and, and experiment, but um, will also allow you to do VR and now has got um, conditional transitions in there. So you can add questions and students can only advance if they put the right answer. Um, so um, she's going to be going through that on Sunday. If people want to uh, to join in, they'll be able to catch it live or on on my YouTube channel afterwards on uh, Short and Sweet. So um, hopefully that will fill some of the void and mean that people can still use the kit that they've invested quite a lot of money in. Now, Darren, you have a you have a co you have a co-host on Short and Sweet, is that right? Yeah, Ben. He, he won't be with us this week, unfortunately. Ben is uh, the youngest Google trainer in the world. I'll give him a shout out. Um, so, my only question is, which one of you is short and which one of you is sweet? I'm definitely sweet. Okay, very good. Yeah. I just wanted some clarification on which one yeah. of you was. Darren which. is supposedly sit like really tall. Yeah, I'm taller than I look on Twitter. That's that's <laughs> the line, basically. <laughs> Well, so ThingLink, I've heard that pop up a lot, does sound like that is a potential alternative for people if Tor Creator really does go away. I'm really sad about it. I mean, we have kits in each of our buildings. Um, we use them. We have our locations of, you know, where they match with the curriculum and ready to go. Because I know for teachers, it's like, okay, finding resources and just having them ready is really helpful. Um, so we'll just take the kit down and, you know, all five ELA teachers will use it for the day and they'll kind of share it throughout their rooms or I'll use it Monday. And so I'm really worried about how this is going to look, um, because I think a lot of students haven't been a lot of places, especially right now with COVID, we're kind of, um, locked down in our homes and that experience gap, um, really makes me nervous because a lot of kids haven't been to the ocean. So for them to write about it, they're going to struggle with it because they've never even seen it. Where when we take the kids to the ocean using the VR goggles, they're able to kind of use um, what they see and apply it in their writing. Their writing's more descriptive. Um, their writing is better because they know what it looks like where if they have no idea, they're not able to explain what it looks like. Um, 
So it just kind of makes me nervous, especially right now with COVID. Um, one thing that we really need right now is more experiences for kids. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily make a point of publicly disagreeing with Google a whole lot, but I disagree with this one. I, I and at the same time, I realize, hey, it's free, these services, you know, but it's not free the time that people put into it. And obviously the, 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 the VR kits weren't free um, either, but also just the time, the training, you know, uh, the, the, the work that's been put into it. Sometimes what I worry about is people getting, losing some trust. Like if a new feature comes out, do we really want to take the time to train on this new feature? Is it going to go away? You know, is it gonna, you know, is, and that's, that's a little scary. Um, this is probably one of the bigger ones to go away that ha has really, you know, caught my attention where in the past we've had some smaller things. Like, do you remember when Google killed their URL shortener, the goo.gl thing? Okay. That didn't, you know, stop the world, but that was sad. I was like, this is a really nice thing. Or when Google stopped, when they killed off Hangouts on Air and they still have not really replaced that. Google Meet does not, that's why we're doing a Zoom meeting right now because I still can't do what I did in Hangouts on Air, which was free and easy and I could do a live stream and all of that, you know, that still hasn't been replaced. Um, and uh, recently what they, they killed off the extension uh, shared a classroom that a lot of people mm -hmm. used, you know. Um, but tour creator and expeditions, those are pretty heavy hitters to have those mm. go away. So that's some of the stuff that, you know, I definitely am struggling with um, is that <laughs> um, wanting to be able to, because I've stood up in front of a lot of people and done a lot of trainings on tour creator. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see if our outcry makes any difference. <laughs> we'll see. Um, in the chat, there is a question. Is there an ex um, expiration date on the expedition app? I'm assuming it would be the June 1st date, right? Yeah, my understanding is yes. The expeditions okay. app will no longer function after that. Yeah. All right. The next one, um, let's go back to happy because yes. that just brings us down, um, is raising hand virtually. So um, I know a lot of us have used the Nod extension to kind of get the response from others, but now people are able to raise their hand in a Google Meet. So all they have to do is click that raise hand button. And then as a teacher, you're able to see it pop up. I currently don't have it rolled out yet. I don't know if it has. I think it has. Um, so Michael, since you've got all the updates, maybe you can provide another screenshot for us in the um, nice Google slide that you created. But over here, you can see who has their hands raised. And then I'm assuming you're able to click them off um, yes. or unraise, I would assume, but I'm not for sure. Yes, yes. You as a teacher can individually uh, click them off or um, in bulk, and it, they do come in in order from who has, you know, who raised first, second, third, so you know the order in which people are requesting help. That is nice because I know so often we are trying to be polite, and then there's like a couple seconds delay in between, and then you start talking over somebody. Um, and so I think that feature will be helpful when teachers are trying to do discussions or whatever they're trying to. All right. 
Well, the last thing that's in the news is also a happy thing. Uh, I had so much fun with this yesterday. Uh, and again, I love AI, anything AI related, but this one also deals with art. And again, like I said, I'd love to find resources that support the fine arts. So Chimera Painter. So this is a uh, AI experiment that Google has put together where basically you can go in and you can use a drawing tool to draw an outline of your fantastic creature. And then AI will turn it from that simple little drawing into a rendered uh, like painting of that fantastic creature. And so here they're going in and adding some, you know, new items to this thing and then it updates it and it creates, you know, this, this awesome, fantastic creature. And then you can save that image and you could, you know, do whatever you want with it after you have saved it. So um, I did play around with this yesterday and it's really cool. You go out there and you just click into it and it's got um, four of them preloaded and you can go through the four they've already done or you can use the eraser and clear them out and then draw in your own. And they've got the colors. You don't have to figure out what the colors are. They're over here on the side. So you can draw the head in red, the mouth in blue, the, you know, the torso, uh, the front torso is like a purple color. Uh, you know, the ears are this light green. And so basically if I were to come in and say, hey, I want to give this creature some horns, I could grab the horns and I could change the thickness here and, you know, create some horns on his head here, um, like so. And then I could click transform and now it'll update the drawing to include the horn that I drew in on there. Now you can, again, you can erase the whole thing and start from scratch. You can also upload your own images. So what they recommend is just starting here by, whoops, me, uh, didn't mean to draw on him. That's okay. That's not going to really hurt anything there, but I didn't, didn't mean to draw on him. Uh, but if you right click, you can save the image. And so you could download that image and then using your um, like Photoshop or whatever you want to use to draw with, you could use your, um, your um, color selector tool, whatever that is to grab the hex codes for each of the different colors. And then you could make, you could draw your own um, as detailed as you want in Photoshop. And then you can just come up here and hit load and then you can load that in. And when you load it in, um, it'll you know pull up the one you've created. Um, I just think what, what a cool creativity tool, first of all, I can see kids having a blast with this. Um, a lot of neat things in here about figuring out perspective. You know, if I'm drawing and I need to draw something in front of something else, I probably need to draw the, the torso first, then I can draw the wing on top of it. Also talking about different body parts, but this could be an amazing thing for creative writing, you know, make a creature and then write a story about it or to try to replicate, you know, real, you know, real animals, you know, in this. I don't know. I'm just so interested to see what could come of this. And when you're done, you just right click on the image and you can save the image that you have created there as well. Um, so I uh, played with this quite a bit yesterday. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun with it. So uh, check out Chimera Painter if that's something that is exciting to you too as well. All right, guys. Well, we want to uh, move on to our show and tell. 
And since Darren is here, we want to give him as much time as he needs uh, as our special guest to share some show and tell. Um, after that, then Stephanie and I will share a few things. I've pretty much hit most of mine, so I won't take up much time on that. And if you guys in the community still have some things you would like to share, please go ahead and do that. I see a few things have popped into the community show and tell as well. We do still have the q and I don't know how much we'll be able to get to there, but again, we always do try our best to fill in answers even after the meeting if there's things that we haven't been able to address during the meeting. So uh, anytime we have leftover, we will finish with Q&A. So Darren, I'm going to turn this over to you. And would you like me to uh, let you share your screen where you'll be wanting to drive some things? Because I can. Yeah, please. Okay, okay I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing my screen and then you okay. can just take over. Brilliant. And I'm going to just real quickly talk about Darren. Um, oh, I no. get the privilege of being Darren's uh, mentor. And I feel like he's really mentored me. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I've done much for him. He comes to our meetings and he's like, I've done all these things. And I'm like, well, what do you need help with? <laughs> like, what, what feedback do you need? Um, Darren's done a really awesome job on his Google Innovator project. And I am so excited for him to share this out with um, Ohio and all the other communities today. And I really think you can find this helpful for teachers that might be struggling with technology. So Darren, go ahead and take it away. Thanks, Steph. Uh, no, you, you do mentor me. I've, I must admit, it's uh, I, I, I tend to be the kind of person who likes to just wing it, and Steph keeps me under control. And then every now and again, I try and just frighten the life out of her by leaving things to the last minute and making her panic. It's good fun, isn't it? So um, the reason, well, the main thing I want to share with you guys today is um, my tech buddy, which is my Google. Uh, VIA 20 Innovator Project. Um, very, very fortunate and privileged to be part of the first ever virtual Innovator Academy. And uh, I, I very nearly didn't apply, but because of lockdown, I had a little bit more time on my hands and just thought, you know what, let's go for it. Didn't expect to get in. And, and I think they had over a thousand applications. So um, absolutely fantastic to be able to be part of I think it was a cohort of 78 of us across the world um, and obviously off the back of a eight-week program instead of a an intensive three-day in person um, I, I came up with my how might we which I was pretty sure of before I started but had no idea how to solve which was really that frustration that I have when I'm working with teachers in that I've got brilliant teachers standing in front of me um, and they are genuinely brilliant teachers, but they're scared stiff of using technology. And I was thinking about this quite a lot earlier on today. And actually, and I think one of the main reasons for that is because we care so much about the students and their learning a lot of the time that we don't want anything to go wrong because we want to give them the best quality experience they can have. Um, so I was looking at how can I get those fantastic teachers who, you know, in some cases have been teaching for, for many years and in other cases are brand new to, to education, um, to feel confident enough to start using technology in the classroom. Uh, and I was quite staggered. I did a survey um, way back in sort of um, August time of newly qualified teachers um, or NQTs as we call them in the UK. And only 27% of newly qualified teachers said they'd had any form of ed tech training in terms of how to use technology within the classroom. Uh, and I think partly that might be because 
um, we kind of assume that the, the you know, for want of a, a horrible term that I hate, but the digital native kind of generation are just used to using devices and people therefore assume that they're used to using everything, which of course isn't the case. Um, but also those experienced teachers who feel a little bit like they've got, they've got no idea where to start. And there's so much out there. Where do they look? Um, so I came up with the idea of, of my EdTech buddy and it took a few forms along the way, but basically I've built um, the system on a glide app so that it's available on basically any device. Uh, but I also didn't want it to be too techy. So what you've got is just three very simple um, pages on, on the app itself. You've got the home page, which tells you about it. There's a, a begin learning page, which takes you to the project. And there's also a link to all the tutorials that are included. So if you do want to come back at any point and just look for one tutorial, you haven't got to go through the whole program to find it. You can just come back and watch it again if you need to. Um, so I'm just going to click through into the project itself. And it opens up in Book Creator. Um, which is a fantastic tool if you if you haven't used it before. Um, and I really wanted to to use Book Creator. I created quite a few books during lockdown um, to support people and I had some really good feedback. Uh, and because of the target audience I was working with, uh, a lot of them being sort of older teachers who've, who've not adapted to technology in the way that they might have liked, I wanted to keep it kind of familiar. So the idea of being able to make it like a book, but not, and like an app, but not, um, really appealed to me. I must give a massive shout out to, to Moat, the, uh, the um, verbal feedback tool, and to Book Creator and to IRAD um, for their support, because they've been absolutely superb. But essentially, the, the program itself is a whole series of different units, but not based around specific tools moreover based on pedagogical themes so looking at feedback flipped learning and then the four c's the communication collaboration creativity and critical thinking and looking at different tools and approaches you can use to develop that within your classroom whether that's remotely or actually in the classroom as well and then i've laid it out a little bit like an app so it feels a little bit kind of appy with the idea being that by the time you get to the end you feel a little bit more confident dealing with apps uh, and there are badges that you can earn along the way for completing skills assessment. Um, and each page is very, very simple. So there's a video to watch. There's a little bit of information. And at the end of the unit, when you get to the end of the unit, there is a short Google form to fill in. You can also click and ask a specific question if you've got one yourself. And I will answer that directly. Uh, and then each time you go through, you can win a badge until you get right to the very end, um, which... Uh, there's 40 pages in total, so I'm just going to whiz through. There we go. Get right to the very end. Uh, you can, basically, you can go for your graduate's badge. Um, and the fantastic thing about this, and again, massive thanks to, to the companies that have supported this. Uh, apart from getting your graduate badge, you also get invited to our exclusive um, My Tech Buddies community on Facebook. But you also get the first 100 graduates, and we've had 20 so far in the first month. The first 100 graduates get a one year free unlimited subscription to Moat, which is absolutely superb. Um, all graduates are entitled to a three month premium upgrade for Book Creator. Um, so they can create a free account, but then upgrade it to meet uh, to premium or if they've got an existing account, upgrade it for three months. Uh, but also you get a, a discounted subscription to IRAD as well, which is a fantastic tool, uh, which I use to build the vast majority of 
the different um, tutorials. And they're available there as click-through tutorials, but also as documents, as uh, steps, if you like, for people to follow. So if I just click on one of them, this one's on Padlet. Uh, there we go. You can see the first step is to create a Padlet like we've done previously and open it. And we can see here that we've got what we need to click on and we click the plus to add the Padlet. So we've got to go up here, we click on it. There we go. That one looks like it's gone a bit strange for some reason. Need to double check that. But they got special areas that we can click back on. We try that one. And I'll create that one. There we go. That's better. So we click on the start and we've got this guided tutorial going through it. So to open, click on Jamboard and click New Jam. So we scroll down to the bottom here and we can just click and it makes us go through it. So for more actions, we need to name our file. So we click here, then we click to rename it and we can enter a name for the file and so on. Um, so it makes you physically go through each one and develop that muscle memory, if you like, for those people that aren't so used to using the technology. So they get used to clicking where they need to click and they get the instructions as they're going through. And it's voiceover. Um, with it and like I say you've got the option to go through the tutorial steps one by one as well if you prefer it as these are um, like a as it loads we go um, so basically like screenshots here we go so you can see each one step by step what is it you've got to click on um, so you if you prefer to print it off and have a look at it you can do um, so it's been it's been really good um, Steph's been brilliant and uh, the first month we've seen uh, of um, the Twitter account at my tech buddies picked up nearly 500 followers. I've awarded, I think 156 badges in total now and uh, 20 graduates, like I say. So uh, would really love for more people to get involved uh, and for more people to give it a try because that's what it's there for. It's completely free and it's to try and help people develop that level of confidence and, and help our young people at the end of the day. Um, so really, really encourage people to get involved and share it with people um, that they think it might be relevant to. That's Thank it. you so much, Darren. Um, I just know that IRAD is such a powerful tool. If you have not seen it yet, I don't know mm. if you've used it yet, Eric. I have not. And I just pulled it up on one yeah. of my other screens here. It is amazing. It reminds, do... me, it reminds me of Synergize. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Synergize. Google uh, bought them and incorporated that into what used to be the little help thing in Google, the little help icon that would then take you through and highlight things and make you type in and, and go step by step. It reminds me of that. That's that's phenomenal. Is it? Um, it looks like there's some priced options, but there's also free too? Yeah. yeah, the free is pretty good. Um, they just offered it. They just started an IORAD um, ambassador program mm -hmm. for Google trainers. So you're able to become oh. an ambassador and all you have to do is make 12 tutorials a right. year. And it's pretty easy because um, all you do, it's like Screencastify, only you turn, you click the extension, you hit capture, and then mm -hmm. you just Wherever you click, it takes like a screenshot of it. It's kind of crazy the way that it works. Um, so yeah, here's Darren doing a tutorial. So as Darren's clicking and it's capturing all of this. And then once you're done, you're gonna go up to that extension again. And then um, 
hit done, maybe. Darren's just having fun with us now. And then it's gonna open up a new tab just like Screencastify or um, Loom would do once it's done. And then you're able to go in and add your steps. You're able to add audio. You're able to mask content. So you're able to kind of blur out data, hmm. which I always struggle with because I'll have my email up and I'm like, I don't want everyone to see all this or my Google calendar. So you're able to kind of blur it. Um, you can add steps, you can delete steps and then um, makes it really easy for users to follow directions. Yeah, and you, you can mask content. There's a live mode as well. Uh, there's a quiz mode attached to it. So it's really cool. Really, really good. That's I'm sweet. Using it absolutely. I mean, it has completely transformed um, that project from what it was going to be, which was lots and lots of videos, to being now much more user-friendly for the, for the kind of people that I'm, I'm aiming this at. Uh, and then you just save it, and it's brilliant. And you can export it as an MP4. Uh, you oh. can download it as a document, and you can see you, you can categorize them all, um, change them at any point. Really, really straightforward. And some of them are literally um, like, for example, this one here, how to create a topic um, is, is one of the um, tutorials I made. And it's literally like eight steps, two minutes, really, really quick. But you just follow it through. So click there, you know, click on topic, give your topic a title. And I've set it so you have to type the right words in. Wow. Okay. And then it waits for me to type that then lets me click add huh. and then there we go and now it's me to read that bit because I, I don't need to do anything I'm just reading it and then I can click here as well if I need to copy the link to it so it just walks you through I love this and you can download it as a video as well so it's absolutely superb really good I tell you, this is, <laughs> this is awesome stuff. That's what I love about these meetings every month. I just get overwhelmed, though, by the end of it. It's like, okay, now that I'm going to do for the next month, how am I going to fit all this stuff in? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. and I, I think they do have a free trial. Um, but if you're an educator, get in that ambassador group. Um, mm -hmm. It's a really good community. And we're right now creating Google um, IO Red like, directions for people. Mm -hmm. Um, so feel free to join us. It's a great time. Yeah, what they're uh, just to add into what Steph's saying there, what you'll notice is I'm in Google Docs at the minute here, obviously, and I've clicked on the extension, and you'll see that there are pre-existing um, how-tos in there, pre-existing IRADs, and that's what we're developing at the moment, along with Lauren uh, IRAD. Um, so all of these have been pre-made so that when you're in a Google tool, you can just go over here and say, right, here's a little how-do on how to insert a drawing. And it click on it and it will walk you through it from within the document. So really, really great. That is great. Now, as far as the uh, trainer ambassador program, is there a, uh, a link to that or where should I look for that, Stephanie? I will try to find it and I'll add it to the agenda as awesome. we're um, just talking about other things. So I'll awesome. looking for that. Well, Darren, anything else you would like to share at the moment? I mean, that, <laughs> I, I think you're the MVP right there, but is there anything, anything else you'd like to share at the moment before we switch gears into some other show and tell? Uh, I would just say um, big shout out to, to Global GEG and uh, specifically to Kat Lamin in uh, GEG UK, because without Kat, I would have never joined the Global Staff Room. 
And if I hadn't have joined the global staff room through lockdown, I wouldn't have been doing any of the things I'm doing at the moment. And I wouldn't have met some amazing people. And if you're not um, already the kind of person who would go and join in, as you were saying earlier, in the Google groups, go and join in in the chats uh, and get yourselves involved and, and maybe lead some sessions. Put yourself forward and do it and you, and you won't regret it. Well, again, thank you so much for everything you are doing um, as well that uh, I have really benefited from all that you have shared here today. Um, If you want to get in touch with Darren in the agenda, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again so that I can... uh, emphasize at the very bottom of the agenda is his contact information. So his YouTube channel is there, uh, his his Twitter account for him personally, as well as the YouTube show that uh, he does each Sunday, the uh, the short and sweet uh, show, which um, somebody said has to change to short and workspace, but uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll see. Um, that might be the case, uh, but uh, awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for, for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and mention just a couple of things in show and tell. I think I already mentioned most of these, so I really don't need to go through all these again. Um, but um, in the show and tell, I did include the recent videos I've done on breakout rooms, Q&A, and rubrics in classroom. Uh, I've got a few more coming out soon, but uh, do feel free to take advantage of any of those videos. And they're part of the larger series. I think my meet videos are up to 17 videos now, and I'm not sure how many on classroom, but uh, quite, quite a few. And those can all be found on my control alt achieve site um, as well um, a couple of things i threw in that were fun uh, this is another google ai project this one uh, listens you can listen to music uh, like some somewhat like classically feeling type music that's all ai generated it's just really cool again if you want to explore ai and see you know what uh, music AI might create. You can just put this on like, uh, and just let it play. And they've got, you know, thousands and thousands of AI generated songs that, that play. Um, I do love this one next, uh, translating Google meet captions. I did not know you could do this. And this is a really nice, uh, handout that explains the process with a video that goes through it as well. Basically what it comes down to is if you're in Google meet and you click on turn on captions, you can then right click on turn on captions and choose translate to English, which when you do opens up this translation button at the top of your screen. You can then click on that translation button and choose a different language than English. And once you pick that different language, the captions translate. And so the live captions in Google Meet will be in Spanish instead. Um, and it's just, so for ELL folks, um, this is wonderful as a way to get a live translation while you're inside of a Google Meet. So I thought that was so slick. I already mentioned about the extension to restore your old Google icons. Uh, last thing, I, I know there's a lot of websites that do this kind of stuff, ViewPure and lots of other ones. Uh, Video Link is a new one in the long line of uh, websites that do this kind of thing where you can take a YouTube video and you can run it through the Video Link website And once you paste that in, it'll give you a new link that people can then, uh, you can share out with your students and click on and it will just play the YouTube video and nothing else. You won't get like the suggested videos or, you know, the, you might also like kind of stuff and all the comments and things like that. There's a few other advanced features in here that you can do with it, including 
saying like when the video starts and stops, uh, being able to handle closed captioning, looping of the videos, things like that. So uh, just another good one to be aware of if you're um, needing to play videos uh, with students and want to uh, clean them up as much as possible beforehand. All right, um, Stephanie, you've got quite a few things. Uh, would you like to um, share your screen? Do you want me to give you control over that or do you just want me to click on things? I'll just have you click because I'll be quick because okay. um, I right. know we have lots of questions. Um, the size of the problem, I'll kind of start there. Um, I found this on Twitter. It's really cool. Um, you can share this with students and it just kind of helps them explain what level they're at um, with their emotions. And so you can click the second slide and you can see right here, they can kind of explain how big their problem is. Um, so when you're trying to deal with other students, maybe you can have them do some self-reflection and then you can say, okay, their problem isn't that bad. Um, or maybe it is bad where I need to stop what I'm doing to help them. Um, so I thought that was a really good template that I saw for social emotional learning. So where do we want to put tour creator here? Yeah, probably uh -huh. huge problem. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not okay. And same with the storage <laughs> if it comes to education. Um, the next one, there's an emoji exit ticket. Um, so kids, there's a jam board and they just take their little circle and drag it to how they're feeling. Um, and it could just be kind of a fun, quick entrance ticket Love it. or exit ticket. And then the next one is gift stickers. I've been obsessed with this lately. So on Giphy, you can search. So go ahead and search um, whatever you want to search, Eric trying to think of something good <laughs> dog oh and then if you click the stickers this is what I just like learned like a month ago you can have a transparent background and so oh. now you can add these cute little gifts everywhere like I've been doing so they're on like everything for oh me oh my goodness how um, cute yeah and there's like tons of them so if you type in arrows and maybe you're trying to make a tutorial um, Google slide or trying to point something out to students and you go to the stickers, there's that transparent background and you're able to have all these like really pretty, adorable um, stickers on your oh, Google nice. slides or wherever you're trying to create. That is um, cool. Yeah, That's so I've been great. using this a lot and it has been amazing. Love it. And then... Um, virtual word wall. I just saw this. Um, Esther Park, she is a EL teacher and she had this, this like virtual word wall and she puts photos and she uses audio in Google Slides and she'll read it to the kids. So I thought this was great for learning with COVID, especially right now. Um, I'll have to find her Twitter post because she had a really good picture example of what she was trying to do. And so then she put the topic and then maybe it was transition words. So first, second, third, and then she had an image of what it looked like. And then um, I think she used flat icons for the images. And then she wrote the words and then she'd have the little speaker of her saying it. Love it. Um, and then the badging one's really cool too. Um, and the Google slide share out. So with the badging, um, a lot of teachers are trying to think like, how can I gamify my classroom right now? And we know how popular badges are. I mean, Darren just kind of walked through his project and how he's using badges. And so as kids complete tasks, they can earn a badge. And I really loved how organized this template was. And it's also got points related to how much that badge is worth. So maybe you want kids to start, you know, at a higher level where they can earn 10 points and to get that badge. So just thought a fun way and you can make yeah. badges in Canva um, really easily. 
And then the last one is that Google Slides. And I just, a lot of teachers are trying to think about how to collaborate in their classroom right now with everything virtual, um, this, you know, the social distancing, all of that kind of stuff, all of those different fears of just trying to stay healthy. And so we've been using a lot of these templates. Um, and I loved how it had the four steps of class etiquette, yeah. just kind of going over because if you're in a shared Google slide, things could get deleted. So you've got to be really careful about that. And then the teachers would just write the student's name and then they're able to click and it goes straight to that slide for the kids to kind of get a gallery walk of what's going on in the students in their class. Yeah. Um, so I just oh. really like this template. That's a neat thing. Yeah, I know I've shared a lot of times done trainings on doing, yeah, you know, collaborative slideshows, but I love this how, yeah, I could see this being just at the start of the slideshow and organizing all of it. That's yep. Really and then nice. I tell teachers, go ahead and make your template, add your kids' names, link everything, and then file, make a copy and you keep got using it. it. Um, always have year. an original. So that way you can go through and just kind of keep it the way nice. it is. Oh, nice. Love that idea. And then I added the IORAD information. You do need to be okay. a Google trainer. Sure. Um, for anyone that is out there, you must be a Google trainer before you can sign up. So I really encourage you to become a Google trainer. It's changed my life um, and really helped me grow in confidence and with a PLN. So definitely check out the Google trainers. Awesome. And then Lauren's emails on there too. Oh, so good. So good, as always. All right, some questions. All right. does look know. like we do have a little bit from the community oh, yeah, on show did. and tell, but uh, we have uh, easy ways to send mass emails with group and contacts and how to carry over students to a new Google Classroom. So there's some video tutorials there that uh, folks can check out. So thanks uh, for linking those in. We appreciate that very much. Um, thank you whoever shared those. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. All right. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and we will take a moment to look at uh, the Q&A. Um, and then um, there's certainly um, more questions here. And then we will probably have time to answer. And I don't know that we have the answers to everything uh, that is in here. Um, but we may be able to mention just a couple of things um, real quick as we look down through here. I would definitely encourage you, if you do see something that you can contribute to, please do type in an answer there. We appreciate people doing that. Um, looks like it's some things uh, like, you know, uh, I see a question here about people having a difficult time accessing the polling feature in Google Meet when they're on a smartphone. And that is, that is correct. Yeah, on the Google Help page, it does mention that the polling feature only works on the web version of Google Meet. You know, kind of wonder maybe some of the other things we talked about, Google Forms, Slido, uh, Mentimeter, maybe some of those work better on mobile and you could combine those with Meet. So solve that. Uh, here's the information um, about the um, ThingLink demonstration that's coming up this Sunday. So yeah, because the question was with, you know, expedition shutting down, you know, what, you know, what can people do? Um, and so here is at least that information on how ThingLink might be an alternative for that, um, which also shows up down here as well. Did see a question here about in Google Meet, um, looking for the best way for teachers when they're using a second device and they're presenting to be able to see their entire class. Um, and so the key to this is you need to use the grid view extension. You, you are correct. If you are, if I am using my computer and I am presenting on my second device, 
I want to use that to look at my students, you still do need the grid view extension because if you're not using that, if you're just using what's built into Google Meet, you're still going to have the presentation window taking up space. Absolutely. Now the link that somebody put in here goes out to the original grid view extension. And I don't know if that's still non-functional. I know it was having a lot of trouble. I've been using the one, which is the grid view fix uh, version of it. And that's been working pretty well. Um, I don't know if anybody knows different on that, um, but that is how in the video, because I did a video on how to see your students while you're presenting. I talked about three different ways to do that. And grid view is a key component of that because when you're presenting, right, you'll lose a big chunk of your screen. And I don't know why it does. I, I don't, maybe that'll change and meet someday. But for now, grid view has been the way around that for me. Um, Let's see what else here do I think I could speak to at the moment. Um, I, I see a lot of things about like, you know, are we going to get the mute all coming to Google Meet? I believe, yes. I think in general, these, yes, these features are coming. When we're going to get them, I'm not sure, but I know that Google is really putting a lot of work into updating Meet to give it these additional features. Yeah. Um, there was a question about, is there any reason to still use the old office editing extension? No, not really. Google has even said, you know, they, they recommend that you uninstall that and, you know, take it out as an option for folks because uh, all that functionality for office editing is just built into Drive right now. Did see a question about, is there a Google product that does what Immersive Reader can do? Well, actually, yeah, there's the Immersive Reader extension. Um, it is a unofficial port of it, but the way that Immersive Reader was set up, it's, uh, it's, set up in such a way that that's something that, you know, uh, I don't know open source or what's the right word for it. Uh, but yes, this is a port of Immersive Reader as a Chrome extension. And I've, I've used this for a long time and shared it with tons of people. And yes, so it's, it's a really nice option for doing Immersive Reader inside of Google Chrome. At the same time, Read and Write does some of, some of the things as well. There's differences. I mean, if you're just looking for text-to-speech, if that's all you're looking for, keep in mind, the text-to-speech part is free. I know it costs money for the full version of Read and Write, but the text-to-speech is totally free. And Read and Write has like 100 voices. That's the only thing that I've been kind of sad about with Immersive Reader is there's only two voices in it. But with uh, Read and Write, there's like almost 100 voices you can pick from. But Immersive Reader gives you some really cool things like breaking up words into syllables, uh, color coding and labeling parts of speech, uh, things like that. So um, I use both. I find that both of these are a great combination to have uh, both of those for assistive technology. All right. Excellent. Um, I don't know, Stephanie, Darren, did you see a question that I know I skipped over a bunch, but one that you'd want to speak to? I wanted to talk about that Google Meet. Um, I did see it. Where'd it go? It was about who gets the recordings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it depends on how the Meet is set up. So like if you set it up in Google Classroom, it becomes um, an attachment on Google I mean, sorry, Google Calendar. So mm -hmm. if you add it, all your yes. guests and start the meeting that yes. way, I believe they would all have that is correct. the ability to get to it. Classroom, yep. I would think it would just be the teacher that started the meet. Um, but again, are, I'm not are, for sure. Um, so I would need more information about how the meeting was started. I think I'm right in saying in classroom, if you've got co-teachers, 
it goes to the principal teacher on the classroom, not necessarily the one that presses record. Okay. Yeah, pressing record, and that is one of the confusing things. Pressing record does not mean you get the recording. You are absolutely right. Um, it is whoever is designated as the moderator or the owner of the meeting. And so what? who is that? Well, if it's in Google Calendar, if you set it up in Calendar, it's definitely the person who owns the calendar event. So if you created the event, that's probably you, but you can transfer calendar ownership. You can give, not, I shouldn't say, you can transfer calendar event ownership. You can, we can go to the three dots, click, and you can give the event to somebody else. And if they're the owner, then, then they would get the video. Um, so Calendar works that way. Whereas if you are just launching a Google Meet from a link, well, whoever clicks the link first, <laughs> who's a teacher, is the moderator. You're in charge now. You know, now some of this I truly believe is going to be addressed with co-moderators. Uh, I think that's a highly requested feature that should be coming in the future, where you can have you know co-moderators inside of a meet, which means multiple people could approve who joins. So it doesn't have to be just the moderator who's letting people in. And um, multiple people would have the ability to remove students or mute students or do things like that. Um, but um, as far as uh, clicking the record button, that doesn't mean you're recording it. It just means it's being recorded and whoever's the moderator or owner is gonna get that video. But Stephanie, you're absolutely correct. If you do it in Google Calendar and you've invited people, Yes, it does add the video to the event as an attachment. And anybody who was invited can see that afterwards. That is right. Sometimes it's a little confusing depending upon how you do something. You know, how was the meet generated? And how was the link generated? So, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's do this. Um, I'm going to do a couple of final reminders, but then we'll come back around to Darren and Stephanie. And if you notice something that we missed, if there's something in the Q&A, in the show and tell, if there's a comment in the chat, something on the side that we still think has, you know, we have time to address, um, that would be great. But what I'd like to do is a couple of quick housekeeping things. One is to remind you, to please sign in for the meeting if you haven't already. So at the top of the agenda, if you go down to page two under important links, you will see the sign in form that takes you out to Google form to let us know you attended the meeting, whether it was live or recorded, either way is fine. It allows me to send you a um, certificate of attendance and allows us to report the numbers to Google. So please do that. Would definitely also remind you to please join the uh, GEG Ohio Google group that allows us to continue having conversations in between these meetings, um, which our next meeting won't be in December because it's December and not a lot happens with Google in December. They tend to slow down their updates and also with the holidays, it's harder for folks to pull together for a meeting. So if you head out to um, bit.ly slash GEG Ohio, you'll see on our meetings page that January 28th will be our next meeting. So we will be skipping um, as normal, the, the December meeting. That is, that is pretty standard for us. Um, I absolutely want to thank Darren for being with us today, not just for his time today, but, but, but for his contributions today and on, 
ongoing for all the things he has shared with the uh, the Google community. We appreciate it so much. And of course, Stephanie, thank you. as always, thank you as always, Stephanie, for everything you do to keep this organized and all the contributions that, that you share. Uh, every month when we're done, you give me 10 things I've got to go investigate. <laughs> and it's so exciting. Um, so what do you guys say? Is there anything that we missed, Stephanie or Darren, that uh, we can mention in our last few minutes? I think we got most of everything and if not the community kind of helped out um at the bottom i did add the breakout room timer i just messaged a teacher and i said hey are you in a breakout room by chance can you send me a screenshot of the timers um so she was able to do that real quick so you can see right here she's got 10 rooms she clicks the timers and she wanted it for 11 minutes and then the kids can see ending in 10 minutes up at the top is fantastic. Brilliant. So just wanted to show that real quick. Um, other than that, happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to everybody in January. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I'd just like to add my, my favorite six, well, seven characters of the week, which is jam.new. For those people who haven't seen it yet, jam.new to create a new jam board. So I was assuming that's what I didn't know if it was like a yeah. jam of the month club. You could sign up for and get a new jam every month. Like I mean, I'll, jams. I'd be up for that. I, I, I thought that might've been it, but no, that makes more sense under yeah. the circumstance of what we're talking about. That it's to yeah. create a new jam board. Okay. I like that. And then in the chat, since Darren is here and he's from London, let us know if you like cookies or biscuits. What do you call those things? <laughs> you don't even know what biscuits are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone have a great gravy. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Yes, have a wonderful holiday. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe, stay in touch. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye.